0: So you know what I had open before we uh, started recording this evening? What's that? I have the Apple store page for the 27-inch iMac with Retina 5K display. I'm not I'm not actually gonna purchase one, but You're just gonna I'm, ogle it. I was kinda, kinda looking at it, yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, I i I've, I very much understand the appeal, and I think we're very similar in the mo- like motivations for wanting it, but ultimately the same reasons that would convince you not to get it. It's um I don't feel that it's overpriced
0: for what it is, but I I do feel like it's a very expensive computer and not um not having a specific compelling reason to get it, particularly in the context of already having a completely functional Mac mini and cinema display. Um it's an it's an even tougher sell than uh the whole MacBook Pro thing was for me.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's an overpriced or an expensive computer, but I think having it find a need in your life is is tricky.
0: Maybe if the show takes off someday, that would be the actual uh, reason I would need.
1: Once those Squarespace checks uh, start rolling in, <laughs> a- right. and and Casper mattress checks, Cause apparently they have uh, deep pockets, as he, as you alluded to. Well, uh, evidently, all the
0: all those uh, advertising dollars are uh, going to. The Bay Area Rapid Transit System, or uh, BART, you know, as most people call it.
1: All right, so uh, a week and a half in, how's your fancy new car?
0: Oh, um, it, it's very good. I, I I drove it to work this evening. I had a, a thing after work that I that I drove to. Um, it's it's great. Um, you know I the car itself is awesome. Um, that's sort of outside, I think the context of the show. I think what what people really tune in for, of course, are are the, is the tech angle, which would be you know sync in this case. I'm not
1: really sure. How, how is the car itself? Oh
0: okay, we we, we can talk about that. It, it's great. I mean i I kind of love everything about it. Um, like it, it has It has all the different things that I was looking for going into the process. It drives really well um it's the perfect size um i just i feel very proud to drive it i've i've gone on a couple of uh trips since i've gotten it and um have had the opportunity to drive some other people in it and it just it's a it's a very good feeling being proud of your car and you know having or being happy bringing people you know along for the ride as
1: you would say certainly um Again, what's what's the big size difference between it and the Escape? Like, what what is it? Is it just nicer all around? Is it more powerful? Is it more spacious? Like, what's what's the what's the deal?
0: Yeah, you know the the outside dimensions aren't dramatically different, but I, I've already had a couple of people make the same comment that I had when I test drove it, which was it just feels really roomy. I don't I don't know what it is about it, but when particularly when you're inside, it just it just feels like there's a ton of space. Um, so I guess, you know, that, that's the biggest difference between it and the escape is just kind of the way, the way it feels so much more roomy on the inside. Um, I, I did, I did have a pretty funny revelation about sync today. Um, I had overheard at some point that there was a way where through sync services, which is this thing that you... You get like the first five years of it free or something when you you know purchase a vehicle, and it, it's the service that I actually don't really know what all it includes. I think it's like live traffic and a handful of other things. But one of the things it has is the ability to send a location from your you know from your computer, so that when you go out to your car, if you're going somewhere, you can already have the Address typed in and sent to the car and, you know, ready to fire up, you know, when you when you get there. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that the service which you need to use in order to take advantage of that feature is MapQuest.
1: That can't be right.
0: Oh, it, it it's very much right.
1: No, because like when I was setting mine up for Google Maps, it showed Ford as one of the available cars. Really? Like from Google Maps? Yeah, Google Maps has a feature called send a car and all you need is like your VIN number or like your uh whatever the equivalent of like a BMW assist login is, and it just it just sends it to the car. There's no way you have to actually use MapQuest. MapQuest doesn't even exist, does it? Oh <laughs> <I'll... laughs> Hold on, there's like three different things I have questions about. So okay, so it it very much does exist
0: because uh so what I did was I looked on the sync website to, you know, figure out how to do this. And the, the official instructions were to use MapQuest. So I guess I, you know, I, I had a fairly similar, similar reaction to you where, you know, I wasn't even sure this thing was still around, but it, it is. And I signed up for an account. Turns out I didn't have one. And, uh, <laughs> Wait,
1: but isn't it, is not is it owned by AOL or Yahoo? Oh, I, I don't know.
0: Um, but so I, I tried to send a, a location to myself when I was at work for the place I was going to after work and I, I couldn't get it to work. It, it never it never sent. So maybe I'll have to give this uh, Google Maps thing a try. Hmm. I'm a little dubious about that, though. How, how does Google Maps just send something to you with your VIN number?
1: Uh, so I'm going to send you a link. Okay. Oh, apparently no. Ford's not one of them. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It works for me. So uh yeah, that's a bummer. Cause I do because yeah, there's a lot of advantages to the actual in-car navigation system that even though there's a ton of convenience and benefits you get from like your internet connected smartphone, there is still a lot, a lot to be um gained from using the actual built-in navigation. But yeah, like usually text input or actually getting the location, there's kind of a huge pain in the butt.
0: Yeah, no that's um that's actually something I have been really impressed with so far with Sync is the 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 mapping UI and the navigation UI, which is something that I for whatever reason I'm pretty particular of and I'm I'm usually not impressed by any of that stuff. I think it's really good. I mean it's it's not not fantastic, but I I think it's particularly for you know a, a native in-car solution as opposed to something
1: like on your phone i like that it's, the bar is set so low or that you have to qualify it because i was trying to explain this to somebody else and there's like no like it's kind of like i don't know you just expect it to be awful even if it's good that means it's probably maybe like smartphone like five years ago kind of
0: yeah no that that's a i think that's a really good way to uh describe it um and you know i like i think i mentioned this last week too you know the, the biggest complaint with sync up to this point, you know not including sync 3 but just including what's already been out there is it's it's slow and it's it's not particularly responsive to your touch input and that's that's exactly what I've experienced too um, including the navigation piece it's it's the maps don't refresh all that quickly and whenever you want to enter an address or change anything it's um, it's just not very responsive.
1: What about voice commands?
0: those are fine. I haven't used them a ton. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what I need to do is get better at using the, the, because maybe, I guess, you know, one thing I actually just thought of now is I haven't actually tried to say like, Hey, you know, take me to this address just using my voice. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be better. I don't know. Perhaps. That is something it does, but,
1: um, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah. um,
0: yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'm um, to to answer. Go back to your original question. I, I'm very, very happy with the car. I'm still kind of in that fun phase where you're kind of learning all the new features and how things work. And I don't know. That's that's kind of a that's kind of a, a neat part with a new car, I think.
1: Well, yeah, the honeymoon phase with any new purchase um, it's always pretty great.
0: It is a very, very tight fit into my garage, though. Uh, it's my garage is, I, I think I mentioned this, it's 82 and a half inches wide and the Ford edge is like 79 and, point a, half. Four. and a half yeah <laughs> an a, and a half. Yes. That's going to uh, so make you nervous. Gets, it's got about an inch and a half on each side. Yeah. It's, um, it's tight, but if you take it slow, it, it's not bad. And it, it's, you know, it's got both front and rear cameras, which really, really help a lot actually. Um,
1: so that, that makes it a little bit easier. Nice. Cool. Last week did we talk about um I know we had talked about uh, or we had talked offline about um like the appeal of new? Like what made you want the escape and sync three against your better judgment? Did we ever get to talk about that?
0: Not really. I mean we talked about it in the context of prioritizing technology as a primary selling point when thinking about a new car, but that's
1: really the only way that we talked about that. Okay. Well, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on it. Like, I w- I would compare it. I would think when I was thinking before of what the like closest analog to it was, and that was probably the MacBook One, where you see like a couple of distinct benefits, and even though overall it's probably worse, like your like judgment is clouded because of just kind of like the appeal of new. So, like, why why do you think that is? Hmm.
0: I I don't I don't know if. I don't know if the MacBook example is exactly you know apples to apples, as you would say, um, with Sync, because I think Sync 3 is sort of objectively better than what's currently out well, there.
1: Well, no. What I'm saying is that you're willing to overlook compromises and kind of the smarter overall option for a couple of like key desirable characteristics. I see. So you're talking about the vehicle as a whole. Exactly. Like, deciding on just one thing. Like, if you were to decide on the MacBook you would have said, oh, it's thinness and like ultra portability. But overall, you've been giving up like a nicer keyboard and all that kind of stuff. Whereas like the edge for you is a more sensible choice. So I don't know, why Why do you think that is?
0: Well, I guess it comes down to what you're most prioritizing. So if if you're someone looking to buy a MacBook and for whatever reason, maybe it's it's a bad back or I mean, there's a handful of other valid reasons why you would need absolutely the lightest computer possible. You know, if that was in fact your primary selling point and what you were so willing to focus on that a lot of the other shortcomings didn't matter, then, you know, hey, maybe the MacBook One as uh, Marco has uh, become famous for calling it is is the right choice. And I guess, you know, with something like Sync, if the whole, you know, interface to the car's infotainment system is you know your primary selling point which is kind of what I thought mine was initially um, then you know maybe it maybe it is a smart choice but you know for me what I began to realize is that well yeah while that's sort of a a nice thing it's not an absolute necessity and it's also not it shouldn't be the primary factor because it's not the What I kind of ended up thinking as being, you know, the most essential part of of the car. All right. So what do you have next? Well, is that it? You don't have you don't have any other thoughts on that?
1: No, that's pretty much it. I just again, like, I don't know. Whenever something really new and cool comes out, like for me, like my vision is always clouded for a while of just something being so extremely new, or like, or just focusing on what's better about it, which will often like make me like. Eventually, I'll come to my senses, but. It'll kind of cloud my judgment about what the overall more sensible or better choice is. Like I was, I was all in on that MacBook. So, I don't know. I've wondered about that because that happens uh, to me a couple times a year about something.
0: Yeah, I feel like it happens to me less now, though,
1: because you're a sensible man. With with age comes wisdom. Indeed. Yeah. <sighs> on that note.
0: There's no, there's no transition here. (laughs) I I was, I was really curious what you were going to transition that into.
1: No. Um, Do you, have you, you probably, maybe, hopefully you've read more about this than I have. Uh, What do you think of Amazon Prime Day?
0: I think it is absolutely one of the smartest marketing ideas I've ever heard of. I think my response to you when you sent me that link was just
1: smart. But again, I I didn't actually like look too much into it to see what it entailed. But basically, like, because I've never understood what Amazon or web retailers do on like Black Friday, because I'm just not like my purchases aren't guided by sales like that. But I guess I don't know what this is going to be because I've never understood how Amazon does sales because I know they have that like that gold box thing and their their pricing is always like cagey. They don't ever just like mark something down. It's always like just weird. So so what is Prime Day going to look like?
0: I think, I mean, just heavily discounted products across various product categories. I mean, that, that's what Black Friday is. is it's, you know, it's, it's a collection of the best deals of the year. And I, I think the, the tagline for what uh, they were describing Prime Day as being is, you know, bigger than Black Friday or better discounts than Black Friday. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think
1: it's any more complicated than that. Okay, but I mean, have you ever seen Amazon do a sale? Because, I mean, I, maybe I just don't understand, but, like, have you ever seen Amazon Gold Box? I, I That's what I was going to bring up, is, yeah, I have seen Goldbox.
0: I think they, they've done it for, like, video game stuff in the past. I, I've never really looked at it super closely, but I've, you know, like, on some of the gaming blogs and things I read, I'll, you know, I'll see references to that.
1: Like, I guess I've just never seen a Black Friday or Cyber Monday or any, you know, those, those BS uh, sale days. Where something I actually want has been on sale. It's always like this, just weird esoteric stuff that's like part of like a gold box sale. So I guess I'm not really sure how this is going to pan out. Well, if it's if it's anything like Black Friday, what I what I'm usually
0: interested in on on that day and you know over the weekend into Cyber Monday, as they call it, um, I, I'm I'm usually interested in the kind of like second tier deals. So you know you have like the door busters, as they call them in in retail, which is usually like the stuff that's on the front page of the ad, which is the, you know, the stuff that 300 people line up for, and they only have 12 of, you know, I'm, I'm never really interested in that kind of stuff. But what I what I am interested in is the stuff that's on that, like fifth, sixth, seventh page, where it's, you know, it's a hard drive that normally sells for 100 bucks, that's, you know, 40 bucks, something like that. And so I think maybe with Amazon Prime, they will be the big, like, headlining deals that sell out in 35 seconds. And that's, you know, that's fine, whatever. But I think what I'm interested in seeing is sort of that stuff that's, you know, not the headline-grabbing stuff that's just a really, you know, good deal.
1: Cool. Well, I hope it pans out. But it is is really smart because it continues to reiterate and kind of reinforce the value of Prime. Because for me, like prime instant video and all those other value ads don't really do it for me, but um, it seems pretty neat, yeah, you know that's something I have thought about from time to time is that
0: Amazon Prime does offer just a ton of stuff, and i don't I don't use any of
1: it well like do you, what what is what is their they they have um like this they have Amazon cloud music locker storage they have their new like funky Pandora competitor. They have just tons of weird stuff that's vaguely associated with Amazon Prime, and I and I don't, I don't really get their strategy with that. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like every, every every other week I'm I'm getting an email that's like, as a Prime member, you now have access to this. I'm like, oh okay, that sounds kind of neat, but I'm good with my two day shipping. Thanks.
1: Have you experimented with uh, same day shipping yet? So, kind of. I, there have been a couple of occasions
0: where there's something that I've wanted to purchase and, you know, I've wanted it as quickly as possible. And I, I've looked to see if I could get same day shipping and none of the items so far that I've uh, attempted to do that on have been available for that. My, the zip code that I both at home and at work is in the region where this is being, you know, used now, but I guess it's also product specific and, Nothing that I've purchased has been eligible for that gotcha i don't I'm not clear on sort of like what is
1: eligible. Is it completely random or is it like certain
0: categories of products?
1: I think it's just the popular stuff that's uh located in California warehouses, like I did it once, and uh the stuff I ordered arrived two days later <laughs> um oh nice, that's pretty good, but you know is is a bunch of light bulbs and they they Yeah, they were eligible, and it said I would get it by 8 o'clock, and uh, I ordered it Friday. It arrived, I think, uh, Monday or something. So that was great. Mm -hmm. But I got my uh, Amazon Instant Stations, so it's all all good. I forget. Do you have to pay extra for the same-day delivery? If it's $35 or more, and it's one of those special groups, no, it's still free. So did you, did you purchase more than $35 worth of light bulbs? Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Light bulbs are expensive. That seems like a lot of light bulbs. Well, I needed eight. It was for the kitchen. You have eight light bulbs in your kitchen? You know, the like the little, like the tubey ones, not like fluorescents, but the, the, the stick tubes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, I mean, not, not to get too personal on the, on
0: the show here, but I mean, I've, I've been to your home and I don't, (laughs) I don't recall. You said that in the
1: most sterile and creepy way. (laughs)
0: I don't. I don't recall uh, eight light bulbs in the kitchen. But... No,
1: no, they're embedded into the ceiling. Oh. Anyway, so no, it's, it was. It's good. These these turn on faster, and they're a more um. Uh, pleasing color temperature. Mm, that's important. It is. Anyway. <sighs> so. Is this is this what the people tune in for? You think? I don't think so. We got you. You got to in post. You got to put this stuff at the end.
0: Yeah, we'll 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 cut we'll cut most of this out.
1: All right, let, let's bring this all back. Um, are you on Instagram yet?
0: Um, I you know so we we exchanged some text messages this morning about that, and I, I kind of I, I started looking around some, and I um kind of cleaned up my my fo- your friend list follower list. What do you call that?
1: Uh, it's like Twitter. It's follows and
0: followers. Okay. So my 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 following list, the people I'm following. How many um, dogs were added? I added added a couple dogs. Okay. Um, and I did deleted deleted some folks. You know, no offense.
1: <laughs> I I think Darth would be very impressed if he deleted some folks and added some dogs.
0: Does um does Darth have a uh, Instagram? He account? doesn't. Hmm, that's, that's too bad. It is. Um, but <laughs> and actually, I I it turns out that I. You know, we had said on the show that I signed up for Instagram when we were at that Engadget conference at Fort Mason, and I remember posting some pictures there, and I I think I had kind of made a joke about that was, you know, kind of like literally the only time that I ever used Instagram, and it it turns out it it really is, that the only three pictures I have on there are are from that show.
1: Was that the Um, last time I tried to force you to join? Apparently. Apparently. But there weren't that many cute dogs back in 2013.
0: At least not on Instagram.
1: Very very salient point.
0: I've noticed um, there there's a hashtag that's used frequently for dogs. It'll be like Corgis of Instagram. Yeah, Corgis of IG. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, uh, is there an abbreviated hashtag? Oh,
1: yeah. IG is big. Come on. IG. Yeah. Hmm. OG IG. Is that is that uppercase or lowercase? It doesn't matter in hashtags. Like I can't well, get. but
0: is there? I mean, I, I want to. You know, I want to do it the proper way.
1: My phone's on the other side of the room, but hold on, let's. Because Instagram. Well, has... I mean,
0: don't. Don't you have a computer in
1: front of you? I do, but like, there's not a. Instagram's website is not is not computer focused at all. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, dog hashtag dogs of Instagram. Let's see. And so when you when you search for these hashtags, I mean, you just you just get a
0: a ton of photos. I'm guessing.
1: Oh, uh, of course. let Because it's it
0: seems like posting pictures of dogs is sort of like that's that's the that's one of the primary um, use cases, as as you would say again for uh,
1: Instagram. Again, the world is is what you make of it. And, you know, usually you want to have a happy life, so you're going to follow tons of dogs, like what I just sent you.
0: That's pretty cute.
1: It is. There's so many social networks that I don't get, but, again, Instagram is the one that seems the simplest and most, like, immediately useful. So I don't know. I think that's – I don't use Facebook much. I don't use – I'm more of a a consumer rather than a sharer on Twitter. But Instagram, I I totally get. So –
0: well, maybe maybe next week I'll have another update about how I've uh, further incorporated in uh, Instagram into my uh, social sphere.
1: All right. So, when was the last time you were in an Apple store?
0: Uh, last time I was in an Apple store, um, this probably would have been, I guess, sometime around the launch of the Watch.
1: Okay. Cool. Uh, Do you think the store will look different the next time you visit? I don't know if the store itself will, but I think some of the packaging might. Very nice. Go go ahead and take this one.
0: (laughs) So there was a story that came out this week. Uh, The link that we have to it here is on 9to5Mac, but this this was around various sites. Evidently, Apple is working with third-party accessory manufacturers to uh, make their packaging look more Apple-like? For for lack of a better phrase, um, the the exact phrase in this nine to five Mac article is Apple's been working with select third party accessory makers over the past six months to redesign boxes so that the experience more closely matches the boxes of Apple's own products. Um, it's actually something I've been always been a little interested in is sort of the like science behind product packaging. And I mean evidently there's a whole team at Apple who who thinks about this. And well,
1: hold, hold on, uh, Apple's packaging or other people's packaging? Because no, Apple because it's it's for for decades Apple has been very meticulous in their packaging. Like if you remember like the old iPod cubes and the way they packaged iPod socks. And also the the, the gigantic thing with the handle for the iPod Hi-Fi. Yeah, that that's that, that's what I'm talking about is is Apple's own products. Okay. Um it's, just, it's
0: one of those things where you don't think about it explicitly, but if it's put it put it a different way. If it's good, you don't think about it and if it's bad, you do. Like think about how frustrating it is to open like any sort of packaging that's in that like plastic stuff where you have to like awkwardly take a like box cutter or a pair of scissors and kind of like hack your way through it. Like that's a miser. That's a miserable experience that you remember. Well, that's why Whereas, I look for my
1: frustration-free.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good example where you know the good experience. Like if you get one of those frustration-free packages, you don't think twice about what the unboxing experience was like. You just do it, and it's over with. So it's kind of interesting that something that's that important actually isn't something you really think about if it's good. You only think about it if it's bad.
1: I think you're right, but this story is about like more of just consumer electronics accessories that appear in an Apple store. And if you've been to an Apple store recently, their product packaging is not, or like the uh of the vendors that they stock, like Apple does not sell like really cheap stuff. So you're generally not going to get weird, funky accessories that are in blister packs uh, that kind of suffer from what you're mentioning. I think the whole point of this and the part where I'm like a little bit concerned or I think it's just a bit weird is that it's forcing everything to look standardized in like really like a super generic plain white packaging. Whereas like most of the things, like if you go into an Apple store and you want to check out like a bunch of iPod or uh, iPhone cases, most of them are easy to open and none of them require scissors or anything like that. But this just this policy makes it so that there's no differentiation and everything just looks exactly the same which which I just think is kind of weird, and also because I know that apple's stuff won't have uh, won't have to conform to that, like I know beats' headphones are not gonna come in plain white boxes, so why why does why does a mophie juice pack have to hmm i
0: don't I don't think I have a very good answer for that
1: and And also with this it it uh most of the stories also alluded to the fact that Apple will be um like either cutting ties with vendors or no longer stocking accessories in their store that do not get on board this new super plain apple packaging, which I think is a shame I mean they're welcome to do whatever they like but i i I just think that's weird. it also goes to speak to the amount of like marketing muscle and 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 um sway that the company can impose on its uh, suppliers but i don't know i just i i don't really see what they're addressing or what's really better for the consumer except potential added confusion like i like knowing that i can go run in and find the exact apple like if i want an apple adapter for something i know what it looks like and then if i have to go sort through a whole bunch of like griffin and belkin crap no, not or sorry belkin stuff uh, like i don't know <laughs> but you know what i mean like y- if you need your your like adapter or you need like another uh, ipod us or iphone usb cable y- you can get it cuz it looks exactly as it should but if everything in the store looks like it's in some like white cube then that's that's less helpful for the consumer so i agree and disagree so
0: i th- i think this is another example which we've talked a little bit about you know, with with Apple's products, you know, especially their newer products, where it's kind of form over function, um, and kind of the debate about whether aesthetics are more important than usability. And I think, you know, in in this context, I actually do find the current kind of Apple accessory wall, where we've got a bunch of third party stuff all about, kind of visually. different displeasing from the rest of the store i mean apple stores are very very nice looking um and that that accessory wall
1: is is sort of just like this crazy hodgepodge of just like stuff but again how is how is a wall of white plain boxes any better
0: i think i think visually it will look a lot nicer and it will fit in with the rest of the store a lot better
1: but how is it easier to navigate
0: well but that's so then that's the flip side is I, i do think functionally that's probably not the best experience because i i think the point that you just brought up is a really good one where you know if you want to get some adapter or some cable or or whatever it's going to be really hard to tell the difference between you know the official apple cable versus some third party you know cable or whatever you're looking for and you know in some cases maybe that doesn't matter but yeah, i think i think there are certain instances where you know you do specifically want to seek out the you know the official apple version of something
1: yeah, I mean again I don't think Apple stores are um like works of art or like I I think it's you have to think about something's function before like aesthetics. And again, Apple can make their packaging as, as elegant and as beautiful as they want to, but I, I just I guess I just I don't see the appeal. Like like if everybody started like saying like oh theft was too big of a problem and everything comes in like triple sealed uh like is it called ballistic packaging or like blister packs yeah like it, it would all look like that then sure they'd have they'd have a case or they can be like Amazon and say hey make something frustration free but
0: I don't know. Well, anyway, I anyway, mean, let's. Um, I think maybe we can uh, pivot towards maybe a couple of other check-ins. You know, we we checked in with my new car to start the show, and there's there's a couple of other uh, check-ins I'd like to do if that's okay. Sure. Um, so I, I would like to see how the the MacBook Pro is going, and I'd also like to see how the iPad Air two is going.
1: It's been um, been what a
0: couple of months for each of these now
1: uh the air 2 i've had i think since since february uh but no the macbook pro is about a month and a half old yeah so uh so how's it going uh macbook pro is pretty great um i can i can definitely still tell that it's uh, a a little bit slower at certain operations than my old machine and i kind of do miss the uh, increased uh, screen real estate of a 15 inch laptop uh but it's considerably lighter the battery life's better and just about everything about it is better for my practical use. So no, I'm very, very pleased with it. Um, And on other podcasts and just reading around, I've heard a lot of like mixed reviews about the Force touch trackpad and I have uh, no such complaints. I really, really enjoy it. I generally disliked the, like I I was always on, on the older touchpads or trackpads. I would always use the tap to click because I never liked the noise or amount of force that was required to push the old trackpad. Um and with um uh with force touch, I find myself actually doing kind of the standard click mechanism because it's much more subtle and and pleasing and less loud. So overall, no, I I, I like it very much. Yeah, the the trackpad
0: thing's actually what sort of made me think of this topic originally was because yeah there has been sort of a lot of commentary lately about how you know the new trackpad's a, a step down from the, the previous trackpad and I I'm kind of with you I I generally disagree with that I think the new trackpad's really nice um, I do agree with a point that Jason Snell recently brought up though which is I do really wish that there was an option to make the feedback a little bit stronger but there is I mean it. Well, no, there is, but I, but even at the strongest setting, it still leaves a little bit to be desired. It's it's sort of similar to the haptic feedback on the watch, where even at the highest setting, I still would want it to be a little bit stronger. You know, if, if I had the option to, um, and you know, maybe I'm in the minority on that, and you know, if I am, so be it. But, um, I, I both on the trackpad and and the watch, I I really would like the feedback at the highest setting to be even a little bit stronger. That'd be my only complaint. Yeah.
1: Um and if uh it had integrated uh mobile broadband or uh hotspot pairing with the iPhone that actually worked. That would kind of make my day.
0: I think yeah I I think having built-in built-in you know LTE or whatever, I I don't really have a strong you know, desire to to want that, but I, I really would like the um, the hotspot feature to work in iOS. It's very frustrating that it doesn't.
1: Like, I think for me, it's honestly maybe uh, once out of every six times. Like, unless you actually unlock your phone and go into settings and then personal hotspot and make sure you don't navigate away from the personal hotspot screen, and then it, it'll connect. So usually, I just end up using my Android phone. And that that works as you would expect it to. Well, yeah. You just say, hey, Martha Stewart, and then turn mobile hotspot on. I'm sorry. What what just happened? I turned on my mobile hotspot. Unlock your phone to
0: continue. Oh, shush. Yeah. <clears throat> so is your, your phone
1: is called Martha Stewart? You can name your Android phone whatever you want to. And you chose Martha Stewart. I chose a phrase that I would not use terribly often. And Because I don't like saying, OK, Google now, because I think that just sounds really silly. So I I chose something less silly. No, yeah, calling your phone Martha Stewart, that doesn't sound silly at all. It's not. Hmm. And again, now I have a hotspot that's on and working as opposed to my iPhone. Which, uh, sorry, one kind of crossover thing. I do wish there was a, like, this problem would be sort of solved if there was a way to turn hotspot on your iPhone on from the watch. Which there isn't, of course. Hmm. That that I don't see that's
0: I don't see that as being something they're gonna add.
1: Of course not. But I think like if there was like you know how you can do the glance and then you can turn, like you can ping your iPhone? Yes. Like if there was a little hotspot button right next to that, like that that would be incredibly useful. Or alternatively, they could just make the feature that's built into the computer work. But that's why I think that's the unlikely option. And there's always
0: hope for iOS nine and uh, OS ten <laughs> El Capitan.
1: You're you're joking, right? Kind of. Uh, it's funny because it's true. Mm-hmm. All right. So so what um, do you have? Any other observations about your computer? Um, I I mean I I really like it a lot.
0: Um, I. I kind of enjoy it. So the setup I have at work now is I have my work laptop where obviously I do my work things. And then I just, I have this MacBook pro on my desk as well now. And I I have kind of all the non work stuff on there. So I've got like Twitter open, I've got Google Hangouts open, I've got my, you know, music app, whether it's like Pandora, Apple music, whatever playing.
1: Sorry. Um, it's a, a bookmark for Apple music and iTunes.
0: Okay. Um, I really like having sort of that second computer focused on all the personal stuff. I, I that I thought going into it it was going to be overkill and having two computers was just kind of ridiculous. But I actually really like that setup a lot. I feel like it keeps things nicely separated, and I just I really really enjoy OS 10 a lot, especially for for like more personal stuff. It just it just feel it feels like a a really nice. OS to kind of, you know, keep all your contacts and calendar, all all that kind of stuff. It's just so it's so much more pleasant than Windows
1: is. So a couple of questions with that. I, I was going to go one way and then you said something that confuses me. So you you said it's a better operating system for keeping your personal stuff. Then what does that say about the work stuff? Because that sounds kind of like a backhanded compliment. A little. Right. Um, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that way. Um
0: I like I just I, if you try to manage your contacts for example in Windows,
1: well you just have to do it through Outlook, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, Outlook is fine for email, but like the calendar or the sorry, the contact part of it's kind of ugly and terrible.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So I you know I I just I I find I find that kind of stuff to just work a lot better in OS 10. So now that I have a Mac, you know, that I use day in and day out, it's really nice, you know, having having that OS available to me for that kind of stuff.
1: Okay. And also I guess my my last uh, follow-up question would be do you find it jarring or or difficult uh switching between operating systems so frequently? and kind of mixing up keyboard shortcuts and like UI conventions and that kind of stuff.
0: Not not really. No. It's so kind of um I mean I, overall I'm much much more proficient with Windows keyboard shortcuts. I I always have been because I've, you know, mostly used a Windows computer. Um but no, for the most part I going back and forth is is okay.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad the the MacBook Pro uh one you over and it's uh doing well i think you know the other thing i
0: really like it for too and i don't i don't know if this is so much a compliment for the macbook pro or a put down to the ipad which you know we'll get into here in a second with your ipad air 2 but i really enjoy just using the macbook pro like on the couch like if, I, if i'm watching tv um and i just kind of want to multitask you know more often than not, I I think using the MacBook Pro is a better experience than using the iPad. Like the iPad's well, great is. for the the iPad's great for reading. So if you, if you just want to read stuff as you're you know watching TV or just kind of hanging out at home, then I think the iPad is better. But for virtually everything else, you know, from web browsing to Word processing email I mean whatever you name it the the MacBook Pro is, is way better than the iPad
1: um, and do you think that uh, that is that way because you're used to like because you're old or like because we're old and we grew up in kind of the old traditional legacy computing type thing
0: maybe i I think
1: Like, cause like, like young people, like, like a a surprising amount of people, like will not have personal computers anymore. It's all phone and sometimes tablet. So like, like, again, I I have thought about that. Is it just that I'm used to like this really old mindset of wanting to like do multiple things at once and wanting like a keyboard and mouse? Like, why, why do you think it is that way for you?
0: I think it for me it goes back to a point that I've brought up time and time again where it's, it's just a method of input. I'm so much more efficient at a keyboard and mouse or you know keyboard and trackpad than I am with a touchscreen device. I can I can do things twice as fast with a keyboard and trackpad than I can with a touchscreen, and
1: that you know that's really what does it for me. Hmm. And why do you think that's not that way for other people? Because I think it's been a recurring theme on this show. Like we've talked about people who will not have a personal computer and are completely fine with it.
0: I think it, I think maybe it, it, it gets back to what you just brought up where it, if it's younger people who maybe haven't had as much experience using a keyboard and mouse or trackpad, you know, maybe they just kind of don't, don't really know that that can be a lot better. All right. Well, I think that's that's a that's a semi good transition into uh, checking in on your iPad Air two.
1: Yeah. So when I brought uh, uh, I think I brought this up earlier this week with you, and I I had a really favorable opinion uh, of the iPad Air two until you brought me down. Like I was I was about to say that it's amazing and it's one of my favorite things that I've ever I've ever pr- uh, purchased, um, but then you uh, brought it up that like because I said it was a really good ebook reader, and then you said, oh, that's all I ever use mine for. And then that's basically all I could think of me ever using mine for so that 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 wasn't helpful. I mean it's kind of true i mean i
0: i I use my iPad for three things: reading r s s
1: feeds, reading Twitter, and
0: reading books.
1: yeah, and for me it's um it's it's reading ebooks because I've started doing that more recently, and also uh, I think we'll get back to it, but that's I finally kind of get why people think the six plus is a good idea i think it's still a terrible choice but
0: kind of i kind of i kind of I do too and i'm i'm we should come back to that i've
1: ugh. so again yeah you just i
0: can't i can't i can't believe i'm about to say what i'm about to say but i've kind of been thinking no. about
1: nope with the with the six ass nope. no, no 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 you don't well, nope okay we'll, we'll, we'll get back, back to there. that um so Again, yeah, I've been reading more, so the iPad uh is a fantastic e-reader. And also the iPad Air 2 and the fact that it's just so light, it like it it feels right. So ebook reading is not a pain on it at all. Uh regardless of time of day, it's always easy to carry with you. So I'm very happy with that. And then really the only other activities I'm doing on it are I'm I'm doing crosswords and um I'll play the occasional game, I'll catch up on email or check my calendar or like passively browse Twitter but i'm actually not really ever doing any actual work on it cuz otherwise i would just make the sensible choice and use a real computer so you you don't you don't find the ipad air 2 to be too big for just like traditional reading no and again it's because like it, to me it feels lighter than the ipad mini 3 because the one it is really thin and light but the weight is kind of spread out over a larger area so it like i can hold it in my hand for for hours and it doesn't feel heavy it feels it feels perfect interesting
0: yeah i think jason snell has had you know he's also had a similar experience where he recently bought an ipad air 2 so that he could kind of test out some of the like multitasking stuff in ios 9 and he made a comment similar to that where for a while he's preferred the ipad mini but now, having used the iPad Air 2 a little bit more, he's more drawn to the full-size iPad again.
1: Yeah. And particularly with the iPad Air 2, it's just so fast that that I'm just really enjoying it. Everything is just wakes up immediately. Any app you're in is, is open. It has more RAM, so things uh, go out of memory less frequently. Um, yeah. Just very much enjoying it. Yeah,
0: you've... It. You know speaking of things that we ruin for one another um you've you've ruined that for me with the ipad mini three like i think i've i think I've, i' think I've specifically said on the show before I'm like no you know it does it doesn't feel slow like it it's fine it's really slow um yeah but ever ever since you've kind of mentioned it or you've kind of mentioned it
1: repeatedly i I've now begun to notice that because I've wanted to like the mini three so bad, but it's the poor screen quality and the uh the ram and the the old processor that just killed it. Well that the the screen I still don't agree with, but the, the vibrancy, the, the speed, color, I definitely do. Okay. But and also the only other thing that uh, that is in favor of the iPad. Um, I do appreciate um, kind of the, like I, I do not like the idea of full screen like window mode and like single applications on the Mac. But I do like that it keeps me more focused on the iPad to kind of do just one thing at once. And I think the way that they're integrating multitasking into iOS nine is is tasteful. But I do like that like on like because I've tried reading iBooks on my Mac, and it's just a mess because i because I have all this other stuff going on, so I will never get more than like a couple of pages in before I go to something else, whereas on the iPad that's not a problem i I've
0: heard that argument before, um, and I really don't like it <laughs> why? I think if you, if you have if you have to use a device which limits your ability to kind of like multitask or do other things that that speaks to a much deeper personal problem.
1: No, sure. Like I I don't think I have like an attention problem, but like again, if I go to iBooks and then I'm turning the page and then like my uh cur- the the mouse it, like gently brushes the bottom of the screen and the dock pops up. And then I see that I have three emails and four things to do in OmniFocus and there's uh, a Slack message and I've got, ooh, there's this new thing in Instacast. Like that is a little bit distracting where I think a product that's more of a slightly like single purpose, like type setup, like the iPad is pleasing in certain ways. Again, like I, i Love OS 10, and I think it's 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 great. And that's if I had to choose one or the other, it would always be the Mac. But like distractions are are tough sometimes, and I I think that's where the iPad has its has its place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if
1: if, if that works for you, you know, great, you know, more power to like, you. But th- do you I... do you think you could read on a Mac? Like, do you think you could read for an hour and do nothing else inside OS 10? Sure. I want to put this to the test. I mean, we yeah, we can. I mean, I,
0: I I guess, you know, even even taking the idea that iOS somehow is more beneficial for staying on task with a, you know, a single thing um I actually don't I actually don't even agree with that necessarily because I you know, double clicking the home button can instantly bring you between apps and I I, I do that all the time. Just don't do that. Well, but it's the same. <laughs> it's the same as it's a, not, OS X. Just, just don't, just don't command
1: tab. Hold on, like uh, you just haven't seen my doc, though. I, ha- I haven't seen your doc. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe that's the difference between us. But hold on, let me. Uh, how do
0: I get this thing into the slide? Well, there, there are, there are many differences between us. It's not, not just our OS X docs. Can't
1: tell if that's a positive or a negative thing.
0: Oh, it's, it's. I think it's what makes this show work. Yeah.
1: Okay, I send it over.
0: That's like Command-Shift-Four, I think you just used, right? Command-Shift-Four,
1: and then the spacebar. Wow, yeah, that's... Um, hmm. and, and the lights are what's open, so... Yeah, that's... Uh, again, I was, doing, I was doing a lot today, but... Word and Excel, really? Do you not use Excel?
0: Do I do, use but Word? on...
1: But, I, but like a normal
0: person, I use those on Windows, not OS ten. Gross. PCs, oh, thumbs Excel, down.
1: Excel... Excel on
0: OS ten is. Ugh. Uh, you
1: should you should use uh Excel twenty fifteen. Way way better. Really. Way better. Well, I mean, it couldn't be any worse. I will give you that Excel twenty eleven leaves a lot to be desired, but <laughs> <To> <laughs> it's say the understatement of the yes. century. But it's way better. Interesting. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, I like again. Like I, this is why I need sixteen gigs of RAM. Jeez. Anyway. why? So why, why is there a need to have
0: Lightroom, Photoshop, OmniFocus,
1: Word, and Excel all open at once? Because again, I was working on my personal website most of the day. So again, pulling some stuff out of Lightroom, making a couple of tweaks, uh, and doing some cropping in uh, Photoshop. OmniFocus, so I have all my stuff open for what types of things I wanted to accomplish with that site. And then Excel is just always open because I'm always using it for something. That was a that was a surprisingly compelling answer. Like again, I don't understand how people like okay, on OS ten, do you when you're like somewhat done with something, do you close it immediately? Like if you're working on a project and you're like, oh, okay, I looked that up in my calendar, I'm gonna quit this now. Do you close everything when you're only like partially done with it? No. So then I don't understand how this is a question.
0: Well, I just, I just don't, I just don't have nearly as many applications that I actively use. Okay. Like here, you know, I'll maybe I'll do something similar for you here. <laughs> it's going to be a third the size. No, I mean it's less. What, what, what's, what's space bar? What does that do? It allows you to capture only a particular application. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't do. I did the Command Shift four, which is one of my favorite keyboard shortcuts. But well, no, but
1: then you have to select it which is way yeah. harder.
0: I did that with my mouse. <laughs> I cheated.
1: But there, yeah, so there there's there's my dock. God, Audacity's icon is ugly. <laughs> it's 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 so is this Pandora
0: one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Pandora one's not great. The Audacity one's also not great, but at least the icon is 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 fine like in terms of like what it looks like on a retina display. Um, I mean, this cinema display is not, but like when I'm on my MacBook Pro, you know, the the icon looks fine, but the rest of the app,
1: since it's not, you know, retina optimized, it's um, it's rough. Well, hold on, but is this your Mac Mini or is this the MacBook Pro? This is the Mac Mini. Well, that doesn't count because that's not what you use. Like this Mac gets used, your Mac Mini gets used like once a week. It, it, it literally gets used once so a week. So that's yes. not a fair representation.
0: Uh, that's fair.
1: <laughs> it's fair that it's not fair.
0: I mean, the, well, what I was going to say is
1: that the dock on my MacBook Pro doesn't look a whole lot different. Okay. Anyway, back to the, sorry, what was the original point? That the iPad Air is a good e-reader? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it is. I, I very much like it. And I like iBooks a lot. And I do like that uh, iBooks uh, syncs your reading position um, in an application, or like in a book, even if it wasn't from the iBook store. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And in, in the in the font choices and just everything about it, it's it's very polished. I've always been kind of a Kindle guy. I haven't really used iBooks a lot. Yeah, Kindle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of I don't know. I don't like giving Amazon my money for everything. Anyway, so iPad Air two uh, thumbs up. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with the iPads this fall. Do you think iPad Pro comes this year or whatever the hell it's going to be called? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think um, I think what's become a more
0: um, common point that people have made is that when you really kind of take a big step back and you just look at the types of features that Apple will preview in the next version of iOS, you know, it really does actually give away a lot of what they're going to be doing in terms of hardware in the fall. And I, I really do think that the multitasking stuff in iOS 9 that's focused on the iPad really... Is meant for like a bigger screen, like that's really what they have in mind.
1: Okay. Um. And sorry, what were so? I uh, sorry. Uh. iPhone six plus. Yeah, I've. So no. G- g- <laughs> please please say it so I can judge you.
0: I, I. So I've seen I've seen more of them out and about now. I mean, I've seen a handful recently, and every time I see one, I mean my 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 first reaction is, oh my god, that's ridiculous. But then like my second reaction is oh but you know having a slightly bigger screen on my phone would be
1: really great for a lot of different reasons. Okay, so so name them. Name them and and fi- make a case for why they would legitimize a ridiculously big phone.
0: I just think any sort of reading that you do whether it's Twitter like yeah, you know the New York Times now app Whatever, any sort of reading, I think the bigger screen
1: you can get, the better. Again, and and like I said earlier, I can sympathize with that. But again, it's still like that's why I I said that it makes me slightly understand the allure of the six plus. But it it doesn't make it a good choice because there are so many drawbacks.
0: Yeah, and I think by far and away the the biggest drawback is the fact that even with just the regular six. I frequently find that to even be too big to, you know, comfortably navigate, especially with, like, one hand. Exactly. Which is really, you know, 95% of the time when you're using your phone, that's how you're using it. And the thought of having a phone which is even more uncomfortable trying to use one-handed, that's, uh, yeah, it's not very appealing at all.
1: Yeah. Again, I I can see the crazy folks that want it. I also, I mean, look, look, what I'm thinking about though is like, what if I just try it for a year? Because you know,
0: I, I'm an idiot. I upgrade my iPhone every year.
1: That doesn't mm-hmm. make you an idiot. Well,
0: you know, it kind of does. But you know, what what if I what if I just say, hey, the 6S, I'm I'm gonna give it a try. And if I don't like it, when the seven comes around, I'll I'll go back
1: to the smaller version. I can reasonably guarantee you to return it within two weeks. Yeah, I probably would. Because again, like it's just. Like, it's trading occasional convenience uh, for persistent inconvenience. Does that make sense? It does. And that's actually, it's kind of funny with the iPad. I feel exactly
0: the opposite, where I feel like for most cases, the iPad mini is the preferred size. But then, like, there's the occasional video that I watch or something else that I'll do on the iPad where I'm like, ah, you know, I wish I had a full size iPad. <laughs>
1: but is it? But is it worth? Yes. Because again, like an iPad Mini, like the difference between an iPad Mini and an iPad Air, like there's no pocketability that you're losing. Like the 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 one and a half inch or whatever the difference is in size with the with the iPhone six and six plus, like the context is different. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I get that, but <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Um, what what was going on? <laughs> there was something else. Actually, I think that was it. That was it for the check-ins. I think that was it. Now. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any new thoughts on Apple Music a weekend? Um, I, some. It, it's very. Uh, it's very buggy. Oh, you betcha.
0: Um, which you know we've uh, we've talked extensively on the show about you know, kind of how we both switched away from RDO primarily because of the fact that it was just a really buggy application. Um, and so for me, it's been mostly around the way that adding music to your, my music section, and then also making that music available offline, how that
1: works like slash doesn't work. So what's, what's the deal there? Cause I've actually never tried. I don't, I don't ever consider not having the internet so when you <laughs> when
0: you make music available offline you you can do so at like the track level the album level or the playlist level you can kind of do that anywhere but what i've noticed is that when you add a specific track to um to be available offline you actually get like a little icon next to that track indicating that you know it is available it's it's, I think it's like a little iPhone icon Uh, but when you do that same command at you know for a full album or a playlist it, it says that the stuff is available offline but there's no indication after the fact that it is actually available offline and so I actually haven't like tried this I guess what I really should do is put my phone like in airplane mode or something and see how it looks but um it is it it looks like when i try to do the offline feature at anything other than the individual track level that it doesn't actually work
1: well at least it's not playing the wrong song (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yeah i mean i guess uh so i don't don't have a ton of experience with that but for me i guess my biggest complaint is again because i am uh such a like a committed mac user is just that I think I vaguely alluded to this uh, last week. It's just that iTunes it's it's just strapped to iTunes, and it makes absolutely no sense. And somehow iTunes has gotten even worse, and I didn't think that was possible. That that I think is a really good point. I still think it's odd when
0: because you know the way it works in iTunes is you um, you know you ser- you search for a track or an album just like you always did. But instead of the little, you know, 99 cent button or 1099 button in the context of an album, whatever, instead of that being there, there's just like a play button now, which is cool, obviously. But it's it's weird to go from the store experience to the streaming experience and like having that basically look exactly
1: the same. Yeah, um, it's yeah, but again, I, I, I guess it's not even that it's just that. I, it's been a week and I still genuinely don't really, like for a while, I think it's ever since like iTunes 11, I don't understand the difference between my music and playlists because they seemed like basically the same thing just to see different stuff. But now like there's this, like this vague iTunes store tab, this connect uh, button that I don't want and I'll never see again. Radio, which is useless for me because it's not as good as Pandora and Beats 1, I've given four tries and I never want to listen to it again new which what does that actually even mean like none of it makes any sense and it seems like itunes is slower and buggier than it's ever been so it's it's a very disjointed experience which is very un like i'm not sure it is anymore hmm. again I, i'm I, I got to think more about that but i don't think it is i think i think half-assed i'm gonna i'm gonna nope i'm gonna stop right there i'm gonna get myself in trouble (laughs) um you
0: know i yeah i've we should come back to that we should actually like prepare for that i know we don't normally prepare for the show but we should kind of prepare for because i I've, i've noticed a lot lately that this like i think the the biggest strength with apple products that i've used in the past is that they always work like you think they're going to and i just i find more recently that that's frequently not the case
1: very much so do do you nah uh, uh, no, never mind this is my test for everybody but do you do you know what photostream does no okay did you know that it's still in iOS 8? Well, I'll, no, and I'll actually, I'll do you one better. I, I actually don't really know what iCloud does. Well, you know what iCloud does. Like, you know where, where how your contacts and calendar are getting synchronized. Yes,
0: but then there's, like, the whole concept of, like, there's also, like, the iCloud Drive part. Okay,
1: so, so yeah, don't, don't get me started with with how people don't understand the difference between iCloud, iCloud Sync, iCloud Drive, iCloud Backup and particularly with photos what the what the difference between iCloud photo stream iCloud photo library or any of that stuff is it's not clear nobody gets it and it's and i don't blame people for it and i think that's going to cause a lot of people to trust the cloud when they have no idea what that actually means that that's exactly what i mean and like the the iCloud sync thing is a great example where because you can have iCloud on without iCloud backup being on, and nobody knows that that's, there's there's a gigantic difference with that.
0: Right, and there's no way to really know what's using iCloud versus what isn't.
1: Uh, what do you mean?
0: Well, so, you know, we've talked about on the show before about notifications. You know, those, those don't sync for third-party apps between OS X and iOS even for apps which otherwise do use iCloud for some type of, like, synchronization. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's, that's very confusing. Like, if, if apps are going to be synced between different platforms, why why are only certain parts of the app synced? I
1: think that's—I that's, understand your point, and I think that's very fair, but I think that's going even to more, like, of an advanced user case than even the fundamental issues with what iCloud does and what the end user understands why well, i guess the way that i look at icloud is i can keep the entire
0: experience synchronized between all of my different devices and i
1: feel like icloud is sort of like 40% of the way there but again have you have you ever looked at the the like the lock screen of an average user i don't think anybody cares about what their notifications look like I don't know. I, th- I think it's a unique concern to you, but but I totally understand the frustration, and I think that is something that should work as intended. Like, and and again, that doesn't even work for Apple's own stuff. Like, again, this is something that drives me nuts multiple times a day. That when you're using iMessage on your Mac, your watch will continuously buzz because it's completely unaware that Messages is a product that works with OS X, and I, I, and and it it drives me insane. Yeah, I I completely because I think that. there was a notification of something of my, of of some importance, but no, it's it's the text message I just received and just saw on the computer right in front of me. Yeah, I think <laughs> so angry that that that's the big
0: that's the really big miss with iOS nine is I think there was a huge opportunity to completely rethink the way notifications work and make them much more like context sensitive and i i'm i'm sure that technically is actually a very difficult problem but it just notifications are a mess on on both OS10 and iOS and because we have so many different devices now it's becoming an even bigger mess and it's it's something that's got to it's something that's got to get solved cuz like being at home and having like when i get a text message having my mac mini ipad mini what did I say? Yeah, Mac Mini. Mac Mini, iPad Mini, iPhone, and watch
1: all go off. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't, because, I mean, it it doesn't, right? I mean, for me, generally, th- that is the one thing about iCloud that sort of kind of works, except for the watch and messages, is that it will um, it'll understand which device you most recently interacted with, and it will only deliver, or sorry, it'll only make a notification on your other devices if you don't acknowledge it within like 30 seconds sometimes yes okay i guess yeah it's probably like a 70 percent success rate for me too yeah
0: (laughs) yeah sometimes yeah sometimes yes it works exactly like you described
1: but again it's it's just the 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 messages on the mac that just
0: but i guess you know even that though even when that works like in air quotes as intended you know sometimes you know your watch goes off first let's say like yes, you you got the notification you're you're aware of it, you just you just haven't had a chance to get to it, but then you know your iPad goes off and your Mac goes off, and it's like, yes, no, i I know, I get it, like I got it the first time,
1: I just haven't you know for me that as long as I uh turn the watch and I look at it, it doesn't go off in other places. If I only hear the taps and ignore it, then yes, it does that. Hmm. I guess I haven't I haven't tried that, but yeah, that has actually worked okay for me. Yeah. All right. Um. Any any stray thoughts? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we're 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 about we're about at a, a good time here. Yeah. All right.